you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Live Podcast. I'm your man, MG Mark Scrant, alongside the Fantasy Hall of Famer, Michael Fabiano and Graham Barfield. Back from Newport, man. How was Newport? It was good. Uh, family came to town. It was their first time uh, like oh, nice. spending significant time out here. Mm-hmm. So they really enjoyed it. We went to the beach, got some good food. Uh, the gloom kind of stayed off for the first three days. That's so it was cool. nice. Yeah, it was Getting good. tired of this gloom. I mean, you not, like this is a thing now. It's just I know. Yeah. Yeah, it could be worse. And it hasn't been as bad this year. No. I mean, again, the people I'm sure in other parts of the country don't want to hear people in LA complain about whining a few clouds. <laughs> you know? But yeah, uh, yeah. but yeah, so uh we got plenty to talk about today. Um we'll do an addition of hype train or smoke screen because we're getting toward that time of year when everybody is feeling great. You know, I haven't done a uh, a BSOHL update, the you know, guys who are in the best shape of their lives. Um We'll have to get on that, but uh, hype trainer smokescreen because guys are starting to you know talk up their seasons. Hard knocks. We have a team for hard knocks. We'll talk a little bit about that uh, and uh, kind of do a social poll sort of around that as well. But before we get too deep into the show, as always, we'll go behind the glass and talk to our faithful producer, Senior Edward L. Murphy Esquire. Murph, what's up? What's up, guys? Graham, I got to ask you, just doing a little mini vacation uh, myself. Do you yeah. need a vacation now from your vacation, or are you was it a nice, <laughs> relaxing one? Did you run around a lot with the with the fam? Uh, it was good. No, I don't need a vacation from oh, a vacation. Okay. I also went to Pebble Beach for the U.S. Open. Right? Yeah. yeah. How was that? Oh my gosh, man! Pebble Beach is beautiful. It's beautiful. That, that is the uh, the most beautiful golf course I've ever walked. Mm-hmm. Uh, walked one to eighteen yesterday. Watched my my guy Gary Woodland. Wow. Uh, come through. Uh, yeah, it was a beautiful golf course, though. I mean, that is just so, so cool. So scenic. I mean, the six, the whole six through 12, just mm. it, TV doesn't do it justice. Yeah, I've it's, I've never been there for actual golf, but, you know, yeah. as a kid, my, my dad loves that area, so we would go vacation there. We've done the 17-mile drive, and you go through a lot of that stuff. Yep. It's yeah, yeah, the 17-mile drive blew my mind. It's awesome. Yes, that was, <laughs> I, I, felt, I did not feel like So much cool stuff in America. <laughs> in America. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah, it's it's fantastic. So, got plenty to talk about. Uh, so, as we do, get into it, as we always do, let's do some news. <laughs> through the news uh you know what i'm gonna scrap what we have here not scrap but uh add something on the fly here as, uh, as we're doing this josh mccown is retired hey Does anybody i mean yay i wonder if the hartford colonials will uh retire his jersey <laughs> oh man <laughs> those uh, are his best he had a good career though the, I, I remember the the thing i remember about mccown most he was with the cardinals and i remember i think it was like a thursday night game they were playing the 49ers and he was like my big quarterback sleeper that week and he just went off and had a huge game. I always remember that particular game when I think of Josh McCown and the fact that he played uh, for the Hartford Colonials. So how, how many years until Josh McCown becomes a coach in the NFL? Like, Ooh, I think it'll be, it won't be, it won't be long. A, a day? Yeah, it won't be long at all yeah. before mm-hmm. he becomes a coach. Yeah. Um, this best season, 2017 with the Jets. 
Uh, started 13 games, 2,900 yards, 18 touchdowns, nine interceptions. Uh, and it was actually a very usable fantasy quarterback. Was. That was also the season. Was that the season when he got helicoptered trying to score on a run and just got... It might have been. I got, don't remember. It got might've. smoked right near the goal line. <laughs> Played for a lot of teams. Played for a lot of different teams. Started with the Cardinals, a year with the Lions, a year with the Raiders. Wasn't that uh, 2017 season where he broke his collarbone and came back into the game or something? I think like so. Yeah, I think so. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. What a machine. Yeah, man. Um, I think we're all agreed he's not making the fantasy ring of honor, but... Uh, where, did he, where did he go to school? Was it, it was like Sam Houston State or something. That, yeah, I think he's... I don't know if he started there and went to SMU or the other way around, but he uh, he did spend some time yeah. at SMU as well. But uh, hey, hats off to Josh McCown. Uh, a long, long... I don't think anybody would have ever imagined that he would be in the league, what, 17 years? As long as he was. So It's uh, a long time. Yeah, so congratulations on his retirement. Uh, other news, James Conner says the running back touches in Pittsburgh will be spread out evenly. Why? The drumbeat about Ugh. a committee in Pittsburgh just keeps getting louder, man. It is, and I, I've kind of reformed my opinion on it. I still think James Conner can be an RB1 in fantasy this year. Um... But yeah, it definitely seems like the the drumbeat is very very loud. The Steelers want to get Jalen Samuels involved. They like Benny Snell. Uh, took him in the fourth round this year. Uh, James Conner obviously coming off a breakout season within those thirteen games. But I I kind of agree. I, I think I've I've kind of come around a little bit. I think the Steelers are definitely probably going to get at the very least they're going to get Samuels involved. So second rounder now at this point. For sure. Because I've seen. I mean, we talked about it last week, uh, where you know he was going ahead of Gurley. Um, and, and right in that David Johnson sort of range, and so now it seems like he's going to be dropping. He won't drop out of the second round. No. And I, I'm st- I still, it's sort of like one of those situations, like when I see it, I'll believe it, because Tomlin's always gone with a featured back, whether it's been Le'Veon or D'Angelo. Uh, I mean, Willie Parker, I mean, it, it's always been a feature. I mean, J- Jalen Samuels was featured last yeah. season when, when Connor went down, so I wonder if maybe, it, are there question marks about whether or not Connor can handle the workload of a true featured back over a 16-game season? Um, are they going to utilize Samuels a little bit more in the passing game, and Connor will lose some of those opportunities? I- I think what's most likely to happen here is like Le'Veon Bell and, and D'Angelo Williams in the past couple of years, their running backs have played like 80% of team snaps mm-hmm. every single week. I think that's probably the most likely thing. It's like Connor ends up playing like and getting you know 60% of the team snaps, and they just mix more you know Samuels and Snell in a little bit more, mm-hmm. uh, which will limit Connor's ultimate ceiling. You know, we we obviously want more touches, but yep. um, yeah, this is still a pretty pretty green light spot for Connor, even if we do take a few snaps away from me. Yep. You know, the other part of this though, a uh, brand new offensive coordinator mm-hmm. in, yep. in Pittsburgh, Randy Fickner, who to this point has only been an OC in college. Um, so if somebody out there wants to yeah. get through some Arkansas State tape and uh, <laughs> hook us up with some some tendencies, we'd be glad for it. Fickner has been the uh, – he was a quarterback coach in uh, Pittsburgh for a really long time. For a time. while, yes. So technically, I guess, tendency-wise, maybe we could expect some, some similar tendencies with their running back workload. But, yeah, I mean – it, it does kind of suck. It does kind of seem like we won't get a workhorse Steelers running mm-hmm. back this year. Yeah, True I th- workhorse. I think we may be. Other part of that, though, if and, and I agree, I think if people start to believe this, Connor, who's kind of fringe into the first round right now, drops out, who slides in? Julio Jones, Michael Thomas. I mean, I feel like I feel like it's probably a receiver that probably jumps into the box. Likely, what Devontae Adams is already basically going at the end of the first round. He and um, he and Nuke so. are kind of battling for right. that, yeah. that wide yeah. receiver one spot yep. right now. Mm-hmm. So I yeah, think no yeah, doubt it's, it's Mike T. Julio. Yep. I would take Odell Beckham over Connor too. Now I think at this wow. point, wow, maybe I'd consider that. All right, yeah, I'd consider right. that. Uh, other news: Ronald Jones says he's ready to put his disappointing rookie season in the past. Uh, this is a name that I'm starting to hear a little bit more 
of in the last couple of weeks. I think we give this one to you because you're the USC guy. So I'm the USC guy. Uh, oh, look, so I will, I will preface it by saying I, I had high hopes for Rojo coming out of the mm-hmm. draft last year. Obviously, last year was a disaster in yep. pretty much every sense of the word. He could barely get on the field, was not productive when he was on the field. But I think the consensus was he was one of the big winners of the offseason in the sense that the Bucks didn't do anything to really shore up that running back spot. So strange because was, they are one of the teams that was most in need of a running back and they didn't do anything. Right. So, so, so I mean, he averaged 1.9 yards per attempt last season. He's only got Peyton Barber ahead of him on the depth chart. Peyton actually was decent towards the end of the last season for fantasy owners. So I, I kind of think this is going to be a committee, but because of his youth, because of projected upside, I still say he'll get drafted ahead of Peyton Barber. Yeah, I think you will. Um, I mean, he's still going to be a late late draft pick, um, if at all. I'm sure there'll mm-hmm. be plenty of leagues where he doesn't come off the board. And I think if there's any reason for optimism, it's that, you know, hey, maybe Bruce Arians can do something with him and, and kind of get him going again. Yeah, I, I think what what's most likely to happen, though, is like Barber and Jones just both get, you know, like 10, 12 touches a game and just kind of cancel each Could other. Be, yeah. <laughs> yep. I, I guess I, I've been... I've been hoping for this all off season that the Bucks just go extremely pass heavy and like Evans, Godwin, and Howard, you know, Howard just go just Dude, Jameis nuts. is going to be one of the biggest like we potential late round bargains yeah. in yeah. fantasy football. Yeah, uh, Jameis. Like I'm at a point with Jameis where like we were year five now with Jameis. Like we still don't really know what he is. Yeah. Like it just we're gonna find out this year with Bruce, man. I think we so. Will. We will. No, man. we we will. I mean the the their weapons are just stellar. They're all young. All technically entering the peaks of their career. Um, Chris Godwin, baby. I mean, yeah, look, it, if Bruce can get him to throw a better deep ball, yeah. it's all good. I mean, I really, truly never thought I could see somebody overthrow Deshaun Jackson as consistently yeah. as Jameis Winston. What, so, I mean, Jameis is obviously a gunslinger. I think that kind of comes with the connotation that he's good at throwing deep balls, but he's, but he's never not. been. <laughs> he's not. He's never been. In his four years in the NFL, he's never been that great throwing over 20-plus. And years. let's also remember, too, that last year, uh, the combination of Jameis and Fitzmagic, they were was, the QB one was right? was like one of the the best quarterbacks yeah, they were in like fantasy seven, they were football. Like seven points behind Mahomes. I mean, and at this point, I mean, you're looking at Tampa's depth chart, and Fitzmagic is now no longer in the mix. Yeah, their, you their know? backup quarterbacks are Ryan Griffin yes. and Blaine Gabbert. So I mean, <laughs> it's uh, it, Jameis is not going to lose that job. Um. You want to talk about a, a duo that was greater than the sum of its parts, man. I mean, like, you take Jameis and, and Fitzpatrick separately, and they're both kind of like, eh. But together, they somehow, yeah, they formed like Voltron and became a great... Fitzpatrick, was like, early in the season was just... He was he was nuts. He was right. putting up huge numbers, and he was like that player, and it happens every season, where, like, the numbers are there, and you look them on the waiver wire, and you're like, you can't keep it up. And then you don't pick him up. And that's that's kind of what he what he became. But then... It it was just, you know, catchers catch can. If he was the quarterback, he was startable in fantasy. If it was Winston who was the quarterback, he was startable in fantasy just because of the offense and the fact that the Buccaneers played from behind a lot. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, up to Washington, Jay Gruden says Dwayne Haskins deserves a shot to start. Um, I mean, I don't think that's a ridiculous statement when you look at the depth chart at quarterback there in Washington. You know, Alex Smith obviously not expected to play at all this year, and so they're going to try and, I guess, piecemeal something together offensively. Um, So if Dwayne Haskins is a starter, Fabs, do you look at draft? Do you consider drafting him? And if so, where? No. I mean, mean, we're we're in the point of the offseason where we're starting to do a lot of mock drafts and and industry drafts. I mean, like – 
Ben Roethlisberger's not getting drafted, and and I've been in drafts where Tom Brady hasn't gotten drafted, and Kirk Cousins isn't getting drafted. Like, there's no way this guy's getting drafted in a, in a standard redraft. It's just not. Speaking of speaking of which, I mean, I, I mean, Geis is going to go in the fifth, sixth, seventh round of all drafts. Outside of Geis, I mean, really the only other draftable player on the Redskins this year is Jordan Reed. Right. I mean, the receiver. Well, I, yeah, I mean, Doxon has been a, an abject disaster since yeah. he's come into the league. Uh, somebody may take a flyer on him late just because of potential opportunities. I, mean, I like Chris but Thompson late in PPR. I, and and we're not even guy. talking about the old dude who rushed for a thousand yards last yeah. season. Yeah. I mean, so it, it, this team is just uh, I, I don't know, man. I, I really, <laughs> even if Haskins starts too, I mean, like I just I between Keenum and, and Haskins, they I could end up being one of the worst teams yeah. in the league. I just yeah, don't. Next season. I don't see a path where more than one or two people are fantasy relevant. Well, and I just think e- even their fantasy relevant guys will just be kind of average. Yeah. Like I don't. I don't see any really stand out. There, I don't. There's no one on that roster that you can draft and feel like you know what. More more often than not, I will be starting. For what it's worth, the Redskins should start Haskins Week One because we know what Case Keenum is, and let's go ahead and just find <laughs> let's out. Let's just let's just F- figure it figure out. Figure if you if 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 you've got something in Haskins, figure it out now. If he's ready to start, start him. Well, especially right. in a division. I mean, just from a football standpoint, in a division where you've got the Eagles and the Cowboys, yeah. who are yep. who are on paper significantly better than you. Like, why 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 not just figure yeah. out what you got? And also think about it too. The guys that they do have that are fantasy relevant. Uh, Chris Thompson's been super injury prone. Jordan Reed, I mean, in the dictionary next to injury prone, it's got a picture of him. Got so th- there's there there's and I mean Darius is coming off of a, a serious knee injury as well, uh, team, but he looks good uh, if you look at his social media. This team could be such a disaster, especially if Trent Williams is off the roster next year. He's very unhappy with his contract yes, situation. There's a, so. I was listening to I mean, Sirius NFL Radio. I mean, where there's smoke, there's fire. There, yeah. dude. Like, think about the players that play for the Redskins who've had issues in terms of like like Alex Smith, Darius, right, Williams. They're in so. Uh, their their team management too in terms of their inju- like in terms of injury management. I mean, Trent Williams has been uh, it, dealt with injuries for the past couple of years and you know kind of had some setbacks. Darius Geis has had to have his knee operated. Yeah, he, he had infections. Lines. Alex had infections also yeah, in his surgery. True. So like, there's again where there's smoke, there's fire there in Washington. Yeah, it, uh, it it's going to be an interesting situation. And that's why Williams wants out. That's why he wants out. Uh, and this is going to be a team that I think a lot of people shy away from in fantasy drafts. Over in Green Bay, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, quote, is probably the number two receiver in Green Bay this year. I know, Fabs, last week when we talked about it, uh, you had kind of targeted Geronimo Allison, which, mm-hmm. look, I, that's not, it wasn't crazy. It makes, makes perfect sense. Uh, MVS now seems to be the guy, at least according to some reports. Does this mean we have to change our draft ranks accordingly? Uh, I want to wait and see, honestly. I mean, they both, when they had an opportunity last season, they both showed some flashes. Like, people forget that when Geronimo Allison was on the field before he went down with the with the injury, he was putting up double-digit fantasy points. Like, in PPR leagues, it wasn't, you know, 18, 19, 20, but if you're getting low double digits from a number three wide receiver or a flex starter, especially if you're in a deeper league. I mean, I remember starting this guy a couple of times before he went down with the injury. And then we had the same thing with MVS where he had some games where he was putting up some numbers and then it kind of tailed off a little bit. So it's going to be an interesting battle. I think these are the two guys that you're going to be targeting behind Devontae Adams, far behind Devontae Adams Long in drafts, way behind Devontae but they're Adams. both worth late round flyers. You know, the thing about this, Graham, is that when, when Aaron Rodgers is right and when that offense is right in the past, we've seen yeah. 
he's able to sustain two or three wide receivers. I mean, you know, there were years where you you had, you know, Jordy Nelson, Devontae Adams, Randall Cobb, all kind of getting some work in there. So if if this new offense, you know, under Matt LaFleur, he uh, of the, the what, busted ankle now. Uh, torn Achilles. Torn Achilles. He's actually sitting on a cart. I yes. Got Matt, a golf cart. He Matt LaFleur, yeah. Kevin Durant. They're like exactly the same person. Um, oh, man. <laughs> R.I.P. Poor Warriors R. I. do it at the KD. end of that. Um, My goodness. But, you know, I mean, if, if this offense really you know has the revival that people expect, uh, then there is more than just Devontae Adams to look at in that offense. For sure. Um, last year before Allison went down, he was the receiver 26 in PPR, uh, right outside the top 24. Uh, had, I think, 60, or 60 yards and or a touchdown in every single game. Uh, Aaron Rodgers... You mentioned it prior to last season. He had supported two simultaneous top 24 receivers in six of eight seasons, mm-hmm. yeah. six out of eight seasons. He had two top tw- yep. uh, two top 24 receivers. I'm just taking Allison and MVS in all my leagues. Just target both of them. They're, <laughs> they're both going well past eighth, ninth round. Yep. Oh, yeah. Just 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 get both. Yeah, just get both. Absolutely. Uh, another wide receiver who will be very popular this year. Mike Williams. He expects to have an expanded role this season. I don't think that's really a, a no. major shock to anybody uh you know Tyrell Williams is now in Oakland uh even with Hunter Henry expected back I mean we saw what Mike Williams did last year on relatively few targets and so I would think with more opportunities uh with him you know being healthy and getting in the flow of the offense I mean this is a guy who uh you know I think he's going to be productive and I think right now let's see what is his uh, his draft price fifth round Eh, that feels about right. Yeah, he he had a had a pretty solid season, ten touchdowns, and his yardage sort of left a lot to be desired. And I know he had that one bananas game against the Chiefs on uh, Thursday night, wasn't it? Didn't he rush for a touchdown in that game too? He I think he had like might a, have. I think he had three because that was the game. I think he also but, caught the two point conversion. Right, but yeah, he, no, he is a two point conversion game. He is um, he is certainly among my breakout candidates among wide receivers. Uh, right, right up there. Maybe not with Chris Godwin, but but he, he's in my top three or five, uh, no doubt about that. In the offense, opportunity should be there. You know, Marcus mentioned that Tyrell Williams is now in Oakland, and uh, Philip Rivers is going to be throwing the football. So, uh, I definitely like what Williams is going to bring to the table, and especially as a red zone threat. Oh yes, yeah. Oh oh yes, yeah. As a red zone threat, he's Mike 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 Williams is going to go off this year. I'm I'm very excited for mm-hmm. him. Which, by the way, is he's going to break the curse of Mike Williams, right? There was like yeah. a handful of Mike Williams but, wide receivers. So remember the, everyone like wanted remember the Tampa Bay yeah. Mike Williams? Tampa I think Bay it was Mike. his rookie year he was, where he was really good. Right. And then... Ugh. And then he fell off. And then there was, there that, was the that, USC that, Mike uh, Williams. Uh, I know you bring that one up. Well, so he was... I mean, he was amazing in college. And then he followed Maurice Claret and tried to go to the draft early, was forced mm-hmm. to sit out, and that sort of hamstrung his career. Then he had one really good year in Seattle near the end of his career, and then that we was never it. really heard from mm-hmm. him again. So, uh, But yeah, so like this Mike Williams right now, he is on on pace to be the greatest Mike Williams, <laughs> uh, at least in recent memory when it comes to, to wide receivers. So there we go. That's pretty much everything you need to know. <laughs> That was the news. All right. It is June. Uh, we've gone through OTAs, mini camps, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and this is when guys start to really talk up their teams or their teammates. Uh, and, you know, this is when we, we kind of start because, as uh, Bob Harris told us last week, this is when we start looking down, kind of looking through the straw at the minute to minute actions that happen here. And we sometimes overreact. 
uh, you know, I mean, I know it's weird to hear that sometimes we overreact to things that we read or hear in the media and then we, uh, you know, we draft accordingly. So now I, I got a handful of stories here and you guys can help me figure out if we should get on the hype train or if this is a smokescreen and maybe we should be a little bit wary. Uh, the first one, Russell Wilson says DK Metcalf is looking really, really special. And, you know, he said, obviously, everybody knows that he can run, he can jump, he can catch, what have you. The mental part of the game, he's really well advanced. Uh, sounds great. We also know Russell Wilson has a habit of maybe inflating things and getting really excited about his teammates. Uh, I flash back to maybe a week or two ago, there was a, you know, a training camp video of DK Metcalf running a comeback where he took like 37 and a half steps to stop and then turn back the other direction. So, uh, yeah, people, people were kind of picking that apart, which I know we tend to do this time of year. Um, Graham, you and I were in Indy when we saw Metcalf just blow the roof off of Lucas Oil Stadium yeah. during the combine. I mean, the straight line speed is great. The agility numbers, yeah, not yeah. so much. Uh, are we buying this right now? He, he's in the perfect offense where he can just run fast in a straight line or take a slant or a crosser um, to the house. I mean, it's. I just don't see how uh, the Seahawks in year one are going to ask him to run a super diverse route tree. I just, no. It's not going to happen. He's in a great offense where he's not going to be asked to be the number one receiver anytime soon. Uh, that'll go to Tyler Lockett, especially if he runs more out of the slot. Um, Metcalf's going to get his couple target, deep targets per game, and um, it'll be interesting to see. I, I I don't know about you guys, but are you actively targeting DK Metcalf? In your I have not. Nope. Not, not. I haven't not drafted him once. <laughs> not at <Yeah>. all. <laughs> I mean, he goes in that like ninth, tenth round range where it's like we just talked about Allison and MVS. I'd rather have those guys. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Uh, no doubt. Yeah. Well, and I just think, I mean, I don't know. I feel like people have kind of locked in on DK Metcalf. It's like, yeah, he's a good, a decent best ball option. But if we're talking about, well, you know, week no. to week or whatever, there's just so much unknown mm -hmm. that, that people are kind of stayed away. Yeah, and, and plus you're looking at an offense that's going to be predicated on the run. Yeah. Especially so. if you... Listen to what they're talking about in terms of the one-two punch with Carson and getting Penny more involved. So, um, yeah, I, I would think there's going to be some some plays where he's going to flash as a rookie, and you're going to look, oh, I got to run to the waiver wire and pick him up if he's available, and then three weeks straight he's going to give you nothing. Uh, and I think that's going to be uh, what we're going to see from Metcalf. We're going to see some inconsistent stat lines. A guy who we'll probably be talking about a little bit more in terms of being a breakout or potential impact player in fantasy down the road. Yeah. So, uh, all right. So, Russ, we're 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 not all in on your excitement <laughs> just yet. Randall Cobb and Deck Prescott reportedly have formed a fast connection. Uh, so, Fabs, you are the resident Cowboys fan here, mm -hmm. and and putting your you know obviously blue and silver optimism aside, uh, does this mean you're you're starting to maybe get back on the Randall Cobb bandwagon no, now? No, I'm, <laughs> I'm not. I mean, like, I, I like to say that I am. I, I like the addition because the Cowboys had a need there with Cole Beasley going to Buffalo. Um, I mean, he hasn't been durable uh, at all over the last couple of seasons. He went from a player who was considered one of maybe the top 10 or 12 wide receivers in fantasy football to quickly becoming a guy that was a late-round pick. And now I haven't seen him drafted, Marcus. Mm-hmm. In mocks and otherwise, I haven't seen him drafted at all, and I love it. I mean, I, I hope <laughs> I hope this comes to fruition. But you know, Zeke caught seventy plus passes last season. Jason Witten uh, is going to return. He's going to probably eat up about fifty passes uh, this season. Hopefully, as a Cowboys fan, maybe I'm being a little too optimistic. Of course, you've got Cooper. You've got Gallup in there as well. So there are going to be. 
opportunities for Dak Prescott to spread the football around, but we know the guys that are going to eat in that offense. And I, I think if Cobb gives you 60 catches for 700 yards and five or six touchdowns, that's a nice season for him. Mm-hmm. And the Cowboys will take that because they don't need him to come in and make a huge impact. What they need him to come in and do is actually stay on the field. Yeah, uh, I mean, that's kind of the biggest thing with him. And I think anything, you're sort of right, anything they get from him, I won't say is gravy, but I don't, I just don't know that it's enough for me to take a chance yeah. and draft him. It, it does seem like injuries have just kind of derailed his career. I hope yeah. he's still got a little bit of juice for I mean, two uh, years. But 2014, I mean, he had double-digit touchdowns. Yeah. He was tremendous. And then it's sort of all gone downhill from there. Yeah, so, uh, all right, so that's another one. That's more probably more smokescreen than hype train yep. at this point. Uh, down to Jacksonville. Leonard Fournette, who is, I have... I wouldn't say I'm targeting him in drafts, but he just keeps falling in my lap in a lot of mock drafts. And it's always in the third round. Always in the third round. Mm -hmm. Uh, He falls in my lap. I feel like I can't pass him up, so I do that. But he says he expects to be a big part of the Jaguars passing game in 2019. Now, this is a guy who has caught a grand total of 58 passes in his first two seasons, uh, was not really known as a big pass catcher at LSU, Um, you know, Graham, they've got a ton of wide receivers that they're trying to cycle through down there. They've got Nick Foles at the quarterback spot. Are you buying that Leonard Fournette somehow becomes this big pass catcher there? No, but I mean, <laughs> he, has, he has averaged like a res- like respectable nearly three receptions per game um, mm-hmm. in his very limited starts. Obviously, we've only gotten like maybe 19 full starts out of Fournette in his career, but he still averaged like three catches per game. I mean, mm-hmm. that's huge for PPR. And, right. Uh, with Fournette's touchdown ceiling, if he is a slightly more involved in the passing game, he's I mean, Max, though, he's going to give you, what, 40, 45 catches? Yeah. It's not bad. Yeah, it's not bad. I mean, he's been a, he has been a, a reliable pass catcher um, so far in his career, which is, I mean, obviously wasn't used too, too much in that capacity at LSU. Well, but, I mean, um, well, plus in Jacksonville, they had, you know, they had TJ Yeldon there yeah. who catched the ball. Yeah. Um, Corey so. Grant, too. I mean, Corey Grant, Corey we Grant. saw in a very limited sample, they wanted to get him, him more involved. Um, the, the depth chart in Jacksonville is just, it's wide open for Fournette just to go. Right behind him, there's just nothing. I, I mean, mean there's nothing. Thomas of, uh, Rawls, Alfred Blue. Armstead and Blue. Right, Armstead and Blue. That's mm-hmm. it. Yeah, so yep. so maybe it does happen. I, I kind of do buy this one. I don't All think right. this is necessarily a smokescreen. I don't think he's going to go and, and, you know, average like, I don't know. Saquon Barkley, ridiculous well, 30 yeah. routes per game or something, <laughs> something, something absurd. But I definitely think he could be more, way more involved in the passing game than we're initially projecting. I think, I think he could, he de- definitely could have a career year there. All right, all right. So we'll, we'll, we'll kind of, we'll put a pin in that. We'll sort of buy in that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, other running back, Carryon Johnson, according to Dave Burkett, who's been covering the Lions for a long time, he predicts that Carryon Johnson will catch at least 60 passes. In 2019, now Fabs he That's caught he caught 32, but you know he he only, he only played 10 games. So yeah. so maybe 60 isn't that ridiculous. Maybe I, I I'd take 50 out of him. I mean, if you project the oh, numbers yeah. he posted as a rookie and you spread it over a full 16 game season, he's right at 51. Um, but and and I like him, and I feel like he has that 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 high RB2 upside. I would caution fantasy owners though that they are going to use CJ Anderson. Okay. I know CJ. He's a friend of mine. They're going to use him. He's excited about the CJ KJ connection, as I as I've called it, uh, to to CJ. Um, he's going to get his work now. I'm not saying he's going to break into carry-ons carries as he did to Todd Gurley at the end of last season, 
but remember the success that CJ had. CJ still got something left in the tank. And while Carrion is going to lead this backfield in terms of overall touches, I don't see him being a true featured back a la Zeke Elliott, a la Saquon Barkley, uh, David Johnson, for example. I think he's going to get enough touches to be potentially a nice RB2, but I do think C.J. Anderson is going to get in that mix and get his share of the touches. I also feel like some of that has to do with Matt Patricia as the head coach. I mean, he really is they trying to, to run it. He's trying to remake this team in the Patriots image, which, you know, good luck with that. Yeah. Um, Have fun. Right. <laughs> exactly. But you know, one thing we know, I mean, look, the term Bellatrix didn't come from nowhere. Right. I mean, they just kept they, they yeah. never had a true workhorse back. And I have a feeling that Matt Patricia may try to keep that going. This is a smokescreen. I mean, Theo <laughs> Riddick has caught 50 or more balls in three straight. Seasons. Yeah. One year he did that in mm-hmm. 10 games. Um, the lines are going to keep four running backs this year. I, I think they could keep Ty Johnson, the, their um, six-round pick, over Theo Riddick. So Riddick, as I've read, where he's kind he's of a, on the, he's kind of a bubble guy. Yeah, I've I've read where he's on the roster bubble this year, which makes some sense because he truly is only a passing down back. But yeah, I mean, only nine running backs caught sixty or more balls last year. If we can get to carry on to like forty, like forty-five, fifty, mm-hmm. I think he'll be a solid RB two. You know, it's like but, totally nuts yeah. about this whole situation. We for years leaned on Matthew Stafford as a guy that you can get late and he can help lead your team to the playoffs in fantasy football. Those days are done. I mean, he was a top nine guy in what, four or five seasons. Then last season came along and totally fell off a cliff. And now that Patricia is sort of, you know, out there talking about the fact that they're going to want to run the football. Stafford's not being drafted anymore. Stafford not being drafted. Stafford got his crazy fantasy stats through volume. The Lions Mm -hmm. just stunk and Calvin Johnson was Mm -hmm. God. Calvin Johnson. Calvin Johnson was God and the staff and Stafford and the Lions just threw a ton. Now they're the complete opposite. They're going to try and run a ton. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the the four year stretch from 2011 to 2014, he averaged 656 passing attempts. Yeah, it was unreal. (laughs) He had a a season with 727 pass attempts. Is is that the most ever in a single season? If not, it's 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 like 727 is the NFL record. Luck was almost on pace to break that, and then the Colts won a shot. I think Bledsoe is up there, too. He had a single season where he had a huge number of pass attempts. But yeah, so he, and and the thing, too, is like, so he's got, he's got Baby Tron, and he's got Marv Jones coming back. Mm -hmm. They drafted Hawkinson. So he has some weapons in the passing game, Unfortunately, you're not going to see any more of the Matthew Stafford throwing the ball 50 times a game. So, um, uh, carry on Johnson, clearly um, the, the top fantasy option in Detroit. And Matthew Stafford goes from a guy who's going to be guaranteed to uh, become a, a, a fantasy uh, asset to someone who's going to start the season on the waiver wire. I'm just looking at, at Stafford's career numbers, and it's wild to me that he only has two seasons with 30 or more touchdowns. Mm. Mm. That's crazy. Lots of yards. <laughs> Lots of yards. Lots of yards. Only- one of the few guys that's thrown for over 5,000. He had a 49-67 one yeah. year as well. Um, the, the one big year was the where, where he had over 5,000. He had 41 touchdowns. 41 touchdowns mm-hmm. in 2011. Um, and just has never really kind of come close to that since. Yep. Uh, all right, so last one. And I'm just going to go out and say that we all believe this is a Let screen. Eddie answer this one. All right, yeah, we'll get Eddie in on this. Edward. Pat Shermer has reportedly not ruled out Daniel Jones as a potential week one starter. Are you buying this, Eddie? The thing about reading this is that I th- I think it's more to do with how bad Eli is as opposed to how good Daniel Jones is. Because I think no matter if Daniel Jones was, uh, you know, the same exact type of player that like Kyler Murray is, for example, it, it doesn't matter because the Manning name is just too powerful to the Giants organization for, for whatever reason. 
like I'm sure you guys have seen the videos of Eli in training camp. He can't throw the ball to the sidelines. Right. So like if it to me that just speaks more of Eli just not being able to do it. And the coaches are like enough's enough already gotta get this guy out of here. That being said, I happen to like what I've seen from Daniel Jones and the dual threat thing is probably cool, but I think it's just really a crisis mode of like, oh, the guy we thought was gonna at least start half the season can't even start a single game. Uh I also wonder like if I mean if Eli comes out and just he just no longer has it. If he really can't get the ball to the sideline, does does Dave Gettleman sort of, you know, does he retract a little bit? Does he say, hey, look, maybe this isn't the, the guy anymore? He, he won't because he's like kind of full of himself. But I was re- <laughs> I was reading stuff today from like the beat writers and stuff. And they were like, if if the John and their schedule, the first like six or seven games are really tough. And if they come out and score like three points in the home opener or something like or the, the, the first game. It's going to be madness, and like, and it's the worst case scenario because you don't want to put a guy like Daniel Jones, who is coming from a place like Duke, in right away and have like have no help from the, on the veteran level because like you you can't you can't have Alex Tanny be out playing Eli in your in, in May and June. It's just it's it's awful. So I, I it's it's a scary. We're scary playing thing. we're playing you guys the first game I know, of the season. I know. Yeah, right. uh, I like that. I, I assume that you guys also believe this is a smoke screen though that the. Uh you know, I mean, unless unless Eli's arm absolutely falls off or something between now and, and yeah. September, I, I, it's a smoke screen. I, I don't see it. It's a smoke screen. I don't but see it. I, I mean, Eli's been cooked for a while. I mean, well, it, it, yeah. it's, yes, it's time. <laughs> it, it's time. As as I mean, as much as like, as much as we, I, I want them to move on. I just still. The don't thing is, like, if he was happen. throwing those dump offs, yeah. everyone's like, "Oh, the O line's bad, and Saquon's so good. Get Saquon the ball." Now it's like watching him throw. It's like. Oh no! It wasn't there, because there's a reason he was there's throwing. There's a reason numbers. he can't throw the ball across the numbers. Like that's really it. Yeah. I mean, I, I just I wonder how much this is going to be like watching Peyton's last days, right? Where like you know I just remember that last that Super Bowl run that the Broncos had. Um, Peyton had like one maybe one or two really good throws in him, and you would see early in the game he would try to take his shots downfield because you sort of knew. Mid second quarter, early third quarter, it just wasn't going to be there anymore. And I just have a feeling that that Eli is is at that point now where maybe you get a couple of really nice throws out of him every week. But if you're asking him to throw the ball 25 or 30 times, it's just not going to be there. There there was a game I remember. I don't remember what season it was. Maybe his last season or next to last season where you could start to see that Peyton was losing it. And it was against the Bengals. And and it was in a week 16 because I was playing in fantasy championship uh, and I started him, and he just absolutely wrecked me. He, he had three, four picks. I don't remember what it was. I think it was against the Bengals. And at that point, you could see that he, he was starting to come apart. And then the following season, he was a very popular bust candidate in fantasy land, and he, unfortunately for him, lived up to that. Yeah. So, ah, so there you go. Hype trainer smoke screen. Um, we'll do some more of these before we get to the, uh, there'll be a lot of them. There'll be a lot of them, yep. especially once training camp opens and like everybody is BSOHL and, uh, you know, <laughs> they're talking about how great everything is going to be this season. We'll help. We should, have, you know, what we should do like, seriously, we should like just document like every player that on fantasy Twitter goes nuts at some point or another and look back and be like, boy, that one didn't turn out very good. Did it? <laughs> you know, like Hakeem Butler. And now like, you know, with Henderson in LA, mm-hmm. I would love to document that and because they're, you know, doing what we do. We see this all the time where there's certain dudes in the industry that jump on a player and then other players, uh, other dudes in the industry jump on that as well. And everyone all of a sudden is starting to talk about this player as if like James Washington is, is getting into that mix as well. 
We should document that and be like, yeah, you remember how the hype with Daryl Henderson last preseason? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's before Todd Gurley rushed for 1,800 yards. I just remember the a uh, few years ago, the uh, was it the Zach Sudfeld hype? Yes. Yep. Oh, and, dude. Uh, hey, Gronk's hurt. Man, uh, I know. get on Zach Sudfeld. And that's this why is- everyone's <laughs> like, oh, Malikos. Oh, Malikos. <laughs> Come yeah. on. Yeah. That- Gronkowski wasn't good last season. That, that, I mean. It was just like, hey, Gronk's hurt. He's not going to play the first couple of weeks. Like, this, yeah, this, this could be his that. time. Sudfeld came out and goose-egged. Yeah. Awful. Yep. Yeah, that mm-hmm. was it. That yep. was it. Uh, Hard Knocks has announced its team for the 2019 season. It is the Oakland Raiders. Uh, look, I, I don't know how you guys felt about it. I just kind of felt like this was sort of inevitable, right? I mean, it was. You but know, do you think they should have waited until their first year in Vegas? Because now they can't go back to them. Yeah, except I, I wonder if the league probably wouldn't have allowed it. Because, you know, there are stipulations where teams are allowed to say They no. have a team in Las Vegas, Marcus. I mean, look, I agree. I know. I feel like the first year <laughs> there, I'm sure the league would be like, okay, let's let you get settled first yeah. before You can that. do a hard knocks, but you can't show a casino. Yeah, good luck. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah, this was un- inevitable, and I cannot wait for the circus. I can't <laughs> wait. I mean, John Gruden's going to be. Well, think about it. Yeah, yeah. Gruden, you Gruden's got AB. Giffable. You've got uh, Marshawn Lynch will make an appearance at some point. He'll pop over. He'll yeah. pop Right? Vontez Perfect right. is on the team. Richie Incognito is there. Yeah. I mean, it's it like, should be. It should be great reality television. Right. Like, these are the guys. I mean, these are the, these are the obvious stars of the show, right? Like, I feel like there's got to be somebody else that we're not thinking about that's going to pop Hunter. In. Renf- get him in there. Hunter Renf- this guy is 21 years old or thereabouts, and he looks like he's, you know, 45-year-old dad with uh, yeah. three kids. Because he was at Clemson for 13 years. Look at Life. his picture. If you guys <laughs> look, do a Google search for, for Renfro and his, his team picture, it, it's it's... Not the Padres. It's something. No, yes, that's the other part. There, there are two Hunter yes. Renfros in the world. It's, su- it's something thing. to see. It's something wow. to see. Yeah, it's the, the, uh, the picture from. Uh, I'm guessing it's from the the rookie uh, event at the Coliseum. Maybe. It's the, the the widow's peak that he's. Yes. Yeah. In that yes. photo, is not yeah, helping him. He, like when you see him, you don't think slot receiver Oakland Raiders. Yeah. He, you think he's selling. Car insurance in Connecticut. Uh, so yeah, so he may be one. I'm just trying to. I'm trying to scroll through this roster and try to figure out the guys who may end up kind of, you know, being. Because there's always you know one or two guys that, that you you may have never heard much about or whatever that ends up just kind of being really goofy and funny mm-hmm. uh, and kind of shows up. The other the other question I had about this. Every year there's somebody offensively that gets an irrational bump fantasy-wise, right? Like, he'll make a couple plays in practice. Yep. Maybe he has a decent preseason game. We we follow his story on Hard Knocks, and suddenly, like, everybody's trying to draft this guy. Oh, it'll be Josh Jacobs. Darren Waller. I think it'll oh, be Darren, Darren Waller. Waller. I think it'll be Darren Waller. See, I was going Tyrell Williams, but... Okay, uh, we got all three different <laughs> No, I mean, Josh Jacobs, everybody is going to be drafted. I mean, if Jacobs, he looks but, good but if was, in the preseason yeah. and he's got an interesting story in he'll Hard bow, He'll, like, bounce up to, like, round two or three or something, you know? If he's <laughs> well, right now, I mean, four, five? Yeah. I mean, five, he'll probably be gone. Yeah, Jacobs is... Oh, yeah. He's, he's, a he's moving up, right man. Now. He's yeah. moving up. I think Darren Waller will probably get some sleeper appeal. Some people will see that he's like six six and can actually move, but he's never played. <laughs> Darren tight Waller, Derek Carrier, <laughs> and Luke Wilson. That's one heck of a trio. I am you know what? I have to I have to bow out on Raiders tight ends. There were years that I, I just I would always try to predict a Raiders tight end and it would just never work out for me. And you're coming off a season where Derek Cook actually did a thing. Yeah. I remember OJ Santiago. Remember okay. him? Yeah, yeah. I believe he was a Ohio State product. He came in and he had a little bit of fantasy value uh, during during his career. But if we look back, I mean, I mean obviously 
the 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 best Raiders tight end of all time, you know, Todd Christensen. Yeah. See, he he but played a long time ago. Actually, it's been were, so you long. Weren't even, you weren't even born. It's been so <laughs> long since you know Todd Christian. But you know played. the team, the team that has had the longest drought without like having a fantasy relevant tight end. That'd be the Cardinals, right? Cardinals and the Jets. Yeah, when was the last time the Jets had a, a like Herndon now? Herndon now. Herndon but, now. But like, honestly, that, like, like you're go, you're looking back to like Johnny Mitchell. Yeah. I mean, a long time ago, right? Yeah, I mean, they had Jay Samara, though everyone thought was going to be something, and he didn't end up being anything. So I'm going back through Raiders tight ends. I think Clive Walford and Michael Rivera, and Michael uh, Rivera, remember, was like a, a potential Clive sleeper. Didn't I mean these like, but it. these are like all these guys that like I tried to cape up for, hey. and they just, Brandon Myers. Don't like, the Raiders have Eric Swope right now? That oh, uh, uh, I think they do. Yeah, yeah, Eric Swope. yeah. yeah. Who, Brandon uh, Myers. Yeah, that, that's another good one. Who was uh, isn't, isn't Swope a former basketball player? Yeah, he is. Which you know automatically means you're a Hall of Famer at this <laughs> point. You know, <laughs> like, he is. Antonio Gates, uh, you know, Tony Gonzalez. Uh-huh. Eric Swope, right? It just, uh, <laughs> just fits right in. Just fits right in. Fits right in. Uh, so that leads us to our social poll as we uh, get ready to, to wrap things up here. Um, the best hard knocks season. And I, I, I picked out four based on a list uh, generated by ATN's Dan Hansis, who is in the building, maybe the biggest hard knocks expert. Every year, uh, he does weekly recaps of the show. And if there's anybody in, in our company that knows more about the hard knocks series, uh, I, I dare you to find him. So I took Dan Hansis's list. I took the top four on his list. And as always, you guys are welcome to, to give us some write-in votes if you want. But the Jets in 2010, and, uh, you know, I, I had to put an asterisk there because Hansis is a noted Jets fan, but you know this also gave us the Rex Ryan, let's go have a GD snack, which maybe is still one of the greatest lines in the history of the show. Uh, Browns last season, you know, so we got the Hugh Jackson, you know, we had the Baker Mayfield coming in, um, which was kind of an interesting one. The Texans in 2015, which you know I remember for uh, Vince Wilfork in his overalls yes. and yes. Brian Cushing. Just, just puking his guts out on the field. Brian Cushing just <laughs> being a complete, complete like, meathead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just I, was, I mean, I was gonna say animal. I mean, he's just in practice. <laughs> and, J, and we got to see JJ watch just absurd work. His workouts. Uh, yeah, him like him with the jugs machine, just one handing yeah. a jugs machine from like you know five feet away or whatever was just ridiculous. Break my fingers. Um, and then number four, the Bucks in 2017. Which you want to talk about hard knocks hype? The Jameis Winston hard knocks hype, uh, fantasy wise, from that 2017 show was just off the charts. Like I know, I I know, I bought into Jameis Winston that year. Yeah, and uh, that didn't. That Buck, I think the Bucks team um, in that 2017 the team, they just had a bunch of great personalities. I, th- I thought yeah. that was a super entertaining uh, hard knocks. Speaking of social media, by the way, yeah, did you guys follow OJ? Uh, no, <laughs> no, and I won't be. No, I can't. I, I, I just I can't. I like to see train wrecks, so I had to do it. So I, I usually tweeted out, he tweeted out like three, three things so far. He's almost got seven hundred thousand followers. Oh, I'm sure. And here's the accounts that he follows. I heard he's gonna give. There's only eight. Advice, yeah, is, I can't. What? Wait, I can't yeah. wait for that. That's his words. So, oh, so can you guys? You want to <laughs> take a guess? So he's he's following eight accounts so far. Like a couple of them you won't get, but some of them you might. So take a guess. Uh, let's see, like. Chris Jenner's got to be one, right? <laughs> no, no. What? No. Um, let's say like let, let's say USC football. Yes. Okay. Um, the Bills. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, the Bills are part of the NFL. That's another one. So that's three. Okay. What is his favorite pastime? So he's like the PGA or something. Yes. Okay. So, so that's now, n- n- so one of them 
You, I mean, I, I guess I'm not surprised there's an account for this, but there is. And then the other three, uh, maybe one of them you would get, but. Uh, well, he's also very well known for playing at USC and winning the Heisman Trophy. Yes, okay. really. Okay. Uh, and then Justin Simpson. So that's his son. Yes. Yes. Malcolm Laverne. I'm. It's at Sin City Attorney. Maybe that's the guy who got him out of the plane. <laughs> <laughs> And then Tim Graham, who's uh, who's, who's a who's Bills a, beat writer. Who's right? a Bills beat writer. That's it. He's that's eight. Interesting. That's eight. Also interesting that he follows the high. Look, this is so. This <laughs> because is because I'm so I don't know what it is about that whole thing, but like anytime there's a new documentary about him, like I have to watch it. Every like new show, I have to watch it. I don't know why I'm just I just the so, whole situation so was just ridiculous. As a as an SC alum, it always has kind of rankled me that, like, OJ. Look, he was he was found liable of murder, right? <laughs> he gets to keep his Heisman Trophy. Reggie Bush's parents got a house. <laughs> He's persona non grata, right? Like Preach. they had to take Preach. everything down, right? Like <laughs> like no one died with Reggie Bush, <laughs> but he didn't get to keep his Heisman Trophy. That yeah. that has always bothered me. Yep. Yeah, OJ has liked one tweet, and it was basically about how quickly he's gotten to 50,000 Twitter followers. I think this is like an ego thing more than anything else. Yeah, oh, think? Yeah, I, it's got to be. <laughs> it's got to be. And I, I've, I've seen some people out there that say, don't follow OJ Simpson. I, I got to see. I mean, I got to see. I, 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 I don't have any moral. You know, there's no moral thing me against me. Well, I mean, like, what was I worse? Can, I'm not going to tell people not to click the follow button on <laughs> right. people who and, they want to follow, but I will not be. Eddie. I will not be followed. To, Bill Cosby tweeted something out for Father's Day. Now, that can't Wait, really? be him. Yeah. That can't be him. Wait, for real? How do you tweet from jail? It can't be. <laughs> like, you know, like, like a Wait, desktop to log in. Look, yeah. look yeah, at his yeah, account. Yeah. yeah. He, so, like, I was just thinking, you know, of a couple of guys who sort of, you know, fallen from grace. I mean, I guess that's that's sort of putting it lightly. I don't think I knew Bill Cosby. Well, Bill Cosby. I, honestly, I, I did not know. Hey, 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 it's America's dad. I know it's late, but to all of the dads, it's an honor to be called a father. So let's make tonight today a renewed oath to re- re- fulfilling our purpose, strengthening our families and communities. Uh, a wonderful message that, from a man that's done a whole lot of bad stuff. That's, man, I, I, like I said, I didn't even know he was on Twitter. I didn't either until uh, I saw this. Oh, man, he got ratioed so bad. Oh, I'm sure he did. <laughs> 3.6 thousand wow. replies. He's got three and a half million followers. <laughs> That's just 5K, 5K That's likes. Amazing. Now, I didn't follow him. Yeah. I don't, yeah. But, but like the OJ thing, I, I think could yeah, be entertaining. I, you know what? I, I follow Jose Canseco, which is a train wreck enough on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so that's, you know what that could be that could be like next week we'll talk about that like maybe that could be a poll like what celebrity like who's on Twitter just should not be you know yeah, I, I, all I want to know is I want a um, you know now that now that OJ is on Twitter if we could get some sort of three way Twitter convo between him uh, Jose Canseco and like Magic Johnson that'd be the best oh man that would be the best OJ has so much like intrigue though towards like the like the uh, the public just seems to flock to him yeah it's like this weird thing where people are upset like his story is arguably one of the biggest stories in like American like culture I, it like, was it's, dude it, like that, that took over remember the NBA finals I think sure. it was Rockets Knicks it was Rockets yeah. Knicks which, right? which was relegated to the small the side, part yeah. the small <laughs> part of the train my dad was not happy exactly that, like yeah. the, the, one of the things and there's a million things that fascinate to me about this whole situation was like the people were cheering him. Yeah, the well, man, the man, like, but at, but at the, murdered people, the thing, and they that, were cheering but him. At that time, 
people didn't. You just people. OJ was so beloved that no one believed he could have done it. I remember the day the story broke, and this guy who was sort of annoying in my my I was a senior in high school. My math class comes up to me. I hadn't even heard the story. He comes up to me. He says, "So do you think OJ did it?" And I was like, "Did what?" And he said, murdered his wife. And my response was, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard go away. You know? And Wow. <laughs> because at the, OJ was so beloved at that time that it was just, it was unfathomable that he could do something so, like that. So funny, small, weird little thing uh, about OJ. I mean, and I apologize for getting this completely <laughs> off the tracks on this. <laughs> this is, I mean, very small. But like um, when Bundy and Goldman were found, uh, it was June 12th, 1994. Mm-hmm. I was born the day after. Really? Yeah, mm. June 13th. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Man, and I've actually gone to the spot, to yeah, that area. I've driven past the house where, when it was and, still and there. And, like, every time I go through Brentwood, like, and Brentwood Country Club is yeah. right there, I yeah, always... They, I, they I, knocked I, down his house. The, the his house, house, yes, but, but, but... The murder scene is still around? Well, no, the, the house where the murders took place has been torn gone. down and Right, rebuilt. exactly. Yep. Um, well, it was partially because it, it became kind of a weird ghoulish tourist stop. Yes. People would drive by it all, and the people who, but the, people who but bought I mean, the house didn't want that anymore. Right. right, right. But I mean, you can go by like where it happened. I mean, right. it just doesn't look anything like. That's what and I thought, then, yeah. The, and then the building, I think, where where Nicole lived also. But what about his house? Is still, his house gone too? The house is gone. That's what I thought. OJ's house is gone. His yeah. house is gone, right. Yeah. There, yeah. Yeah. My, my parents, when they visit, again, people who are obsessed with the story made me drive to both spots. <laughs> and I was like, I don't think we're going to see anything because I think both things are actually gone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but, but I mean, like, obviously... You know, there, there's something else there now. Yeah. So, but but you, that's that's where it happened. Somehow, Kato Kalin is still kicking around, dude. I was at a party with Kato. K- <laughs> <laughs> Believe it or not, I was at Jerry Cantrell's birthday party earlier in the year, and freaking Kato Kalin showed up, and I was I I I, I gave an elbow to to my girlfriend. I'm like, is that Kato Kalin? Wow. It's, it's freaking Kato Kalin wow. was there. I don't know how we got on this track. How do we? It was my <laughs> fault. You can blame me. Give last week's poll results. Oh, anyway. yes, so, please. Uh, I right. I yes, went on please. the social media thing and then I brought up OJ. Biggest uh, sports curse. We uh, we asked. It was either the Drake curse, SI coverage drinks, Madden cover. It's got to be Madden. Uh, Lil B the base guy curse. I voted for Madden. Um, it's Drake, huh? There are, is the Drake curse. Because, oh, because it's forty eight percent Drake curse, thirty seven percent Madden cover, but, but, SI coverage drinks with nine. The Raptors just but his team just won. Well, his team just won. Yeah, I mean, we put it out. The the series hadn't ended when we first right. put the poll out. And so. also, and also, I mean, Drake. Let's just face it. Drake's a joke. I mean, like, he's, <laughs> I he's so always funny. He's always like supported like Kentucky. Every he's a team. Kentucky like, fan. That's what makes oh, it okay. great. He he likes every team. Whoever, wears jerseys from every team. Which and every then he's, team like, is good. He acted if, like he. Nah. Like, someone put a video. It's so funny. Someone put a video on Twitter of, of uh, they put him in like NBA 2K and like what was going through Drake's mind in Game Six. And it was him like crossing up Steph Curry and like dunking on like Clay. <laughs> it's, it's just like the funny. Like he literally thought he was on the court. Yeah. I find that absolutely hysterical. No, no, the Madden curse was the right pick there. <laughs> the Madden. Curse had some it was, legs. It was recency bias. So, uh, so again, that's like, exactly what it was. So, the best hard knock season. You can vote Jets twenty ten, Browns twenty eighteen, Texans twenty fifteen, Bucks twenty seventeen. Write in any votes that you have uh, to the NFL podcast handle or to, to us individually. So, there you go. All right, that's it. We are done. As always, we appreciate you listening. You know the drill. Tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember: if someone says your secret's safe with them, it's probably because they weren't listening. We'll see you next week. <laughs>
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.